Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Your guide on the side, your coach, and today we've done it again. The team, they've put it together. they figured it out. Today we're talking about empowerment. We're talking about the imposter syndrome. Have you ever felt that where you just feel like, you know what, if everybody really knew, <laughs> they wouldn't ever follow me again because I'm just a scammer. A lot of us feel like we're not good enough. And by the way, that goes up. Can you imagine if you feel like an imposter at your workplace and boy, if everyone knew my secrets or if everybody knew how little I really understood, they'd be in trouble. What if you were like the president of the United States and you're sitting in the middle of like some discussion about Russia and the Ukraine and you're thinking, I want ice cream right now. Talk about an imposter. Seriously, that's a big deal. What if you are the some of the biggest jobs? What if you're a, uh, what if you were, what if somebody had imposter syndrome that was like a brain surgeon? That would be bad. The lack of confidence. You it's, need to know what you're doing. It's a big deal. And even if you know what you're doing, but you'd think you don't, or like yeah. you think like I could know more. I mean, really? You know, it's, I was scraping by you know, when we I was doing brain surgery. We were just talking about tests before the show. It's like taking a test yeah. where you look at the test and you have those four multiple choice answers and you think, oh, it's A. And you feel that really confidently and you know it and yeah. you've got instincts that yeah. it's A. And then you look at it more and you're like, wait maybe, a minute. Maybe it's C. Maybe it's not A. Yeah. And you think usually it's C. And then you just twist it and contort it so much that you end up choosing yeah. another answer when it was A all along. Okay. I did this looking for my glasses. <laughs> I've been – for those that haven't been listening, I've been, I, I went and got an eye appointment. I had an eye appointment two days ago mm-hmm. uh, where they were touching my eyeball hate it. Then I spent two and a half hours there looking for glasses. Yes. Couldn't find any. So I took my prescription and I went shopping. Then I spent another hour and a half somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Narrowed it down to about uh, 18 pairs. 18. Out of thousands. Now that's like worse than uh-huh. a 15-year-old girl shopping for shoes. No, I know. I actually felt like a 15-year-old girl shopping for shoes. Okay. And uh, then I took my daughter back yesterday, and in 20 minutes, she picked a pair of glasses that I'm pretty sure she'd look great in. I'm just not quite sure I do. You're just second-guessing yourself. I totally am. And now I'm going back to pay for them today. Four days yeah, that's a little ridiculous. Actually, that's a lot ridiculous. It's because I, I, this is the number one thing I can't do is shop. If you get LASIK, you won't have to decide what glasses <laughs> you need to get. I know, but I can't have people touching my eyeballs. That's wrong. Well, a laser would be touching it. You're not their fingers, right? Well, a laser. Hello. Okay. Have yeah, you that's, seen that's... Battlestar Galactica? No. Is it, okay. uh, is it terrifying? It's horrible. Oh. Lasers kill. In the eyes. Ouch. Lasers in the eye apparently heal. I don't understand it. <laughs> so we're talking imposter syndrome where we feel like – so I just – I sit there and I think I'm going to get these glasses and my website, we're waiting for pictures because I don't like pictures. I don't know if we've ever talked about that on the show. I don't like having my picture taken. Okay. Because there's a part of me that thinks it's going to come out ugly. Oh. Or yeah. that they're going to see one of my chins. <laughs> or that – Every time you take a picture, you steal a part of my soul. 
That's pretty bad right there. That's the one I like more because then it does, it's not about me. It's like, you know. Yeah. So talk about imposter syndrome, Merritt, because yeah. a lot of people um, probably don't quite know what I'm talking about. You know, I have been I, – I was telling somebody at one point um, that sometimes it – here – at my job here, I I feel like I'm kind of like playing house, like I'm just yeah. like pretending. Like, well, that it's you're just, the mom. You know. I feel like you're the mom of the show. <laughs> yeah, and that's we're all unrelated, your children. But yeah, I you know I feel less like that. I feel uh, J- Jessica and Mike are a little more. They're like the good kids, I guess. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. So you feel? I feel like, like I had to babysit in the past a little more, like with Sky okay. and Bryce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The baby is questionable. Yeah, but well, there we wasn't got. like one that seemingly was the good one. <laughs> No. But here you have <laughs> Jess and Mike, and you th- you think Jess and Mike are like, oh, they're the good kids. Yeah, they're like the, the rampant overachievers. Okay. Well, so let, it's pretty. <laughs> let's just shoot straight. Jess is. Jess is. Mike's not. No, no. Let's be real. Mike's I, like the kid I, that I, is always going on I've got on my dates. head barely above water right now. <laughs> yeah. I've got um, you guys fooled. I just want to remind you all that the gong was created Basically for, for me. <laughs> just, yeah. Not that I want to like demean myself, uh, but I just want to call that's out right. the shots. You invented the gong on the show. Yeah, so that's not a good Is the thing. gong still working? <laughs> I, we haven't heard the gong for a while. Yeah, there it is. So we haven't used the gong yet. yet. I also have not done the Z-block. I know. Are you doing the so. Z-block today? Because if so, yes, I am. get the gong ready. Well, well, well. Warm up All the right. gong. Uh, so you, that's an interesting little um, you know, admission. Yeah, well, you kind of just feel like you're playing pretend, you're faking it, mm-hmm. fake it till you make yeah. it. Welcome to my and world. It's never been something that really bothered me you're or okay undermined my it. success. But uh, the one I was talking to, who's a very well educated, awesome person, said, Well, that's the imposter syndrome. I was like, What is that? Really? So over the past few months, I've read a little bit about it. It's a super interesting um, concept, psychological problem that people have basically the imposter syndrome is feeling like you're presenting a false self that your false self the the person you project to the the public is somebody who's of presumed competence so you just kind of pretend that Uh you can do it um you feel like you know you just you can create this uh, appearance of having it all put together. But really, what you're so intensely aware of is the tiny struggles you go through every day to get things done, the little, you know, the little things that you have a hard time with or need yeah. to have help with. And those things eventually take over. You feel like an imposter. You feel like you're fake. You've that eventually somebody's going to find out that you're gonna know. really not all you're yeah. up to be. Well, see, so this actually is a this is like a syndrome. Yes. Because I have this every day. Yeah. This was my this is my life. <laughs> I have faked it every day. Yeah. I just thought I was weird, but apparently no, every, no, but a lot of people are doing enormously it. common. Well, that's comforting. Yeah, it is comforting. At least you're not the only one, right? Mm-hmm. We're all messed up. Yeah, and so um uh, Stephen Brookfield PhD, he's somebody who's studied the imposter syndrome very in depth. And he's he said that, you know, imposter syndrome it's it goes equally across genders. Usually women are more willing to admit to it. Yeah. And usually that's where it comes down to, especially in terms of feminism and the kind of new role that women have taken in society over the past few years. It just is a lot more apparent that women feel it. But you know what? Men can feel it too. Um, it's interesting. We wouldn't say it. Yeah. you wouldn't. Men we, wouldn't say no. it. That is, you know, Dr. Because Ripple why would I that. ever state that I'm faking? Oh, you know. Because that seems like death, right? Yeah. Um, Dr. Brookfield also says that people – 
experience it across all ages of their life. So, you know, in high school, people feel it. In college, people definitely feel it. Really? Yeah. Is this true? Like when you're 80 years old and you are, you're retired? Yeah. Well, think about it. Do you feel like you're a different person now than when you were 20? I mean, not like in the mushy, gushy way, but you have the same consciousness, the same. I have the same consciousness. You know. My hips, totally different. (laughs) My hips so, seem like, yeah. But I always think about that sometimes because I feel, you, you know, you know that when you were five, you had different thought processes and things, yeah. but it doesn't feel yeah. any we're different. We're just grown up kids. You still think yeah. the same, you know, you're still you in your brain. I don't so, want to be an imposter when I'm 80. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, you can, we can Maybe get over that. Maybe the show will just get it out of us. Yeah. I want to just feel like I'm the bomb. Like I'm the, I'm the grandpa that I am what I am, you know, and they're all like, oh, your grandpa's weird. Yeah. But I want to feel good about it. Okay, but there's a good side. Um, you need to have a healthy touch of imposter, hmm. you know. Okay. You need to feel Why? a little bit like I guess imposter. that's humility in a way. Yeah, well, it's humility and it's just, you know, being on your toes. If you are so confident that you were the right person for the job, that you could do anything, yeah. that's not somebody that a person would really want to work with. Um, and so – yeah, you wouldn't being able to constantly, yeah, you, wouldn't... you being constantly aware of your own, inf- mm, you know, that you are fallible, that uh-huh. you're, you can make mistakes. It eventually makes you a better leader because you, you know, oh. you know how to handle it. Which is also going to get into another topic we're taking on today of empowerment. Yeah. So if you don't have some sense of infallibility or fallibility, yes, you're going to, you're, you're probably going to get, you know, t-boned by a truck. Walking across the street. Probably, yeah. I can do anything. <laughs> I can do yeah. Yeah. So that's that's huge. So now yeah. I feel better that I am an imposter. Yeah. So everybody has a healthy touch of it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, some have an unhealthy but touch. But some have an unhealthy touch and let it undermine their confidence, their ability to make decisions. Um how do you fight it? It seems like it just seems like you don't notice it until it's a thing it's a thing we hold quietly inside so we never yeah. bring it out. I think it's a like lot our of weird it, uncle, it the more, weird uncle that you never yeah, let out of the closet or definitely. out of the room. I think a lot of it is just, you know, your own cognitive patterns. How do you think about yourself? Hmm. If you're constantly thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm so stupid or, you know, you just kind of run around in circles. You have anxiety about people finding out about your mistakes. Then, yes, that would, you know. Yeah. That would be when you undermine it. If you can, you know, say, OK, I do make mistakes, but um, in the past I've proven that I can get over those. You know, other people make mistakes too. That's what brings us together as right. humanity. So it's just being able to think about your own thoughts, having that metacognition of breaking down what you think and not accepting every message that you send to yourself. Yeah, like don't, don't accept, don't believe everything that you're the greatest or the worst. Yeah. I mean, just start it. We're on a spectrum. Yeah. Just kind of don't, it's basically just don't compare. Don't, you know, yeah. do the best you can. It's, and accept yourself. Come on. Yeah. Come on. James, do you ever have this? Yes, when I when I uh, oh yeah, when you're about to ruin the show with when a, I ruin the sh- no, pushing a button. No, I mean like I, I, I when I where you guys are talking about this, I just think about when you're applying for a job. You know, how do you you know you're looking through all the job requirements and oh, yeah. specifications. Like, yeah, like, they don't really do that, but I guess I can say I do. Yeah. You I know? mean, I've kind of done it. <laughs> yeah, and I listen to the radio. I'm definitely qualified for radio. I listen to it all the time. You know, <laughs> why'd you go into that voice? Because it's radio. See, that's a sign. <laughs> I think when you do the voice, that's a sign the imposter's in there. Yeah, because I... maybe you really talk like this. That's my normal voice. <laughs> 
That's your normal voice right there? Yeah, I I talk to my mother this way. Like, hey, mom, what's up? <laughs> Is that why she doesn't call anymore? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's creepy. Yeah, I should probably stop doing that. I think we all got a little imposter in us. Oh, definitely. Don't you wonder what, like, Mike's is? I know. Mike, what's your imposter? You, like, you pretend to be an athlete and a, and a decathlete. Yeah, I just came from hockey practice, and it's so funny because I've played hockey for a while, but I'm, I'm like, afraid to get the puck because I'm yeah. afraid I'm— You'll get taken out. <laughs> well, not because of that, because I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like I don't belong there with the other guys. They have better equipment, yeah. and I don't know. Well, don't they actually say that? Say what? You don't belong there. Well. Because I think that's yeah. different than the imposter syndrome. You know? pro- that's probably another issue we'll have to talk about another day. Why don't you tell them what you're really – it's not – everybody out there is thinking you're really playing hockey. Tell them about the, how this is a video game. This is not a video game. I really play hockey. This is real life, Matt. Will you look that one up for the next show? When <laughs> I think it's delusion. When they think that something's real that's not real. Because I don't believe he plays hockey. You know, Matt. Have I you think, have I you seen a stick? Have you seen a glove? I will look up solution, but I'll look it up to help you guys. This is Not real right. life. This is. I <laughs> promise. Never, bring in some equipment. I you want know to that is care. a it is a symptom of delusion. Is having a very adamant. Gosh, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, See, I he, think Matt. Yeah. You might be the one with delusion, but we'll just. Leave I mean, I'm, I know because... I do, but I'm just. I've never seen a hockey stick. I've never seen a bruise. We'll have to take pictures. Let's you go out to my truck right now. I'll show you my hockey stick. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Imposter so, syndrome. Good yeah, stuff. imposter syndrome. But we're talking today about how to get over that, how to feel empowered, how to feel like you can do it. It's also a different workplace. We're going to talk about that, right? I mean, oh, it's times are changing. Mm-hmm. It used to just, yeah, different paradigms are starting to take over. Yeah, rather than being cutthroat, we're learning how to be empathetic. We're, we're learning how to be softer, kinder, gentler. I don't know if that's a word. Um, we're taking a break. We're going to come back today. We're talking about, uh, how would you say it, Merritt? Give me a word. Empowerment. Empowerment. I like that. Okay. Losing the imposter as well. Get rid of that imposter syndrome. You're amazing. You're fantastic. Come back. We're going to talk about, uh, your workplace and how, what's going on there. Some of the thoughts there that might, uh, you know, start changing us to the kinder, gentler type of employee and employer this is the matt townsend show you're listening to us right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about empowerment and uh, losing those fears that we all kind of have, that imposter syndrome, it's called, that fear deep inside of us that we are just a bunch of fakers. And if anybody really knew who I was, they would reject us. This empowerment idea, um, it's, it's, it's a great segue into our guest who's coming on later, Dr. Nancy O'Reilly. Um, who's the author of a book uh, about empowerment and especially empowerment for women and what's been going on, you know, kind of in the world. Our own Jessica Littlefield, Jessica Black Littlefield, not Bratwurst, here. is here today oh, it's not doing some research 
about empathy in the workplace. Yeah. I think a lot of the times when people think of business, they think of hard nose. Dog eat dog yeah. man world. Just the facts, ma'am. Yeah, but actually there's a good place for women because empathy, as I was researching, empathy is huge. No, it's huge right now. Yeah. Which I never thought of it, but um on Forbes there was a good article on it um by Jason Boyer. Um You'd think empathy is kind of a fluffy word that wouldn't be, you know, yeah. well pursued yeah. in the business realm. Yeah, because you need to be tough and yeah. you need to go after what you want and be mm-hmm. assertive and aggressive. And But see, watch but how weird not. this – it's not because we're also in a very social world with social marketing and social media and there's a million ways for these employees to communicate now. Right. Well, and something that he brought up was that you don't – Successful people don't get there alone. You do not work alone. Right. And so the more you understand the people around you and the more that you can relate yeah. to the people around you, um, you're going to be that much more successful, which I love. That's money. That's payday, right, is your ability to get results with people and get people to get results. If you don't get results with people, yeah. Yeah. you can be as nice as you want, but you still got to get some results. Yeah. Which, but empathy should help you get results. Yeah, which is kind of sad because um, – Fifty percent of managers right now are seen as poor performers. Yeah, f- poor performers and failures at their job. Because really, they're just they're they're disconnected. They're they're not necessarily getting the results they need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so some of the reasons why I found that it's important to have empathy in the workplace is um, to gain awareness of your employees' needs. Yeah. Which once you understand that, you can help them. We can adjust the culture and the them. climate of the company. See, I do consulting on this, and I'm getting more and more companies that want. So I remember I did marriage for 12 years, marriage mm-hmm. and family and conflict resolution. Your empathy came in a couple times. Totally, that's all you're trying to teach. <laughs> but now I am actually, I'm actually writing a new book, by the way. But uh, it's all corporate because all the corporations want their people to learn these skills because. It's a social world yeah. where we got to get results. Yeah. Together. My dad always told me it's not what you know, it's who you know. See? Which and you'll need that big. when you get a job soon. Hopefully. Like, I mean, not that you don't have a job. I don't know anybody yet yeah. besides well, you. We'll help you. You're we'll, not going to help me. I will totally. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Anyways. I, see, I feel empathy for you. Yeah, because you've been there. I've been there. Yeah. I've been a poor student yeah. who left college after getting a degree. It's the then, worst. Yeah. Worst time of my life. And I worked in the call center. Yep. I probably, well, hopefully <laughs> not. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, um, okay, so another good reason is to um, better understand challenges ahead. You can see what's coming up yeah. soon. Huge research says uh, if you people that are empathic in themselves, so if they, if they can understand their own feelings and emotions, you can understand them in others. So if I can understand them in you and I'm a leader of a company, I might be able to understand trends mm-hmm. and anticipate the yeah, future. Yeah, because you've been through it and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, when that happened, this was next. Yeah, that's So I'm going to cut it off now yeah. or address it now. See, it's not just a sissy tool. Empathy's core when yeah. people are involved. Yeah. One that I loved was it fosters an environment of being able to have open communication, mm. which if you're dealing in a company where there's a lot of, you know, backlashing, yeah. back competition, yeah. yeah, people who aren't getting along, you need you need to build that empathy and that good relationship with people so that they can talk to you about things. It's a competitive advantage, too, because... My people know more. My people, uh, you know, uh, cumulative, cumulatively know more than I right. do. Right. Yeah, that was another point. Was it? So mm-hmm. if I don't, so if, but if I can't get it out of them, we're in trouble. 
Yeah. Especially if I've created a culture that's so antithetical or so uh, anti teamwork and and empathy and camaraderie. It's it's a good collaborative and and unifying trait that actually a lot of women have and that it gives them an advantage in the workplace. I wonder as we have this huge in this is what we're gonna ask our ask our expert later. We have this huge influx of females now in the workplace, more than ever before. And like you know, in for real and in to stay and bring in all they got and I it's changing the culture. Yeah. And in a weird way, we the rest of us need to get on board and get tooled. Yeah. And get go figure out how to learn how to do this. Yeah, join them or you're gonna yeah, be lost. That's for huge. sure. That's good news. Yeah. For um some. women bring a different element and yeah. you see I mean, before you would never see empathy in right. the workplace. No. Because it's all about business. Just be quiet and do your job. But when when they bring different elements uh-huh. to the job, yeah. the guys have to step up and be like, because yeah. naturally they wouldn't want to. Right. They just want to get where they're going. And I, I, I agree. And I think we're also, it's, it's, it's not, we always think of it just kind of swaying softer. But it's also, women are also picking up other traits that they maybe didn't have historically or weren't, it didn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. Just... Yeah, because it was anyway. It was more about relationships, or it was more about whatever. Being making sure there's peace. Yeah, but we need peace, and we need results, and we need to be able to do it again tomorrow without killing our ability to do it again tomorrow. And yeah. oh, I mean, and repetition, and ten years of this. Yeah, huge. And relationships can mm-hmm. carry that through. It can be a good segue. Yeah, and so it's really important. I don't know if you've noticed global market. This isn't – we now have to not even just relate with each other. We now have yeah, to relate with the Chinese, with huge. the Russians, with apparently the Martians. <laughs> We're going outside of this world. Yeah. <laughs> There's no boundaries. It's everywhere. So yeah. global world. So empathy. Empathy. Well done. How easy is that? See, Jess, you did it again. You did it. Your scar healed, by the way. I know. <laughs> Thank heavens. Thank heavens. It's beautiful. And no more forehead burn. Nope. Now, just a bit of advice because I care about you and I have empathy. Watch out next time you're using the curling iron. <laughs> Thanks. Think it through. Anticipate. I thought the burn looked good, but apparently. It no, it's great. Now you're healed. You look perfect now. <laughs> good stuff. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. Dr. Nancy O'Reilly will be joining us. Uh, she's going to be teaching us about some incredible research she's had on empowering women. Um, wonderful stuff coming up. We're going to learn a lot about the softening of corporate America It's changing, folks, and we can all benefit. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about empowerment and uh, the many, many lessons of empowerment, what it is, where it comes from, how you get there. And also, I wanted to talk about how a lot of this ties to, you know, the corporate world. So a little history. I spent nine years as a corporate consultant working with corporations uh, and while well, I was working with the Franklin Covey Company Nine years traveling around teaching leadership skills, and I saw a ton of, you know, 
different approaches, let's say, the carrot and the stick kind of mentality to getting results with people. And, uh, you know, after doing that for nine years, uh, decided on this, you know, got on the side, got some degrees and started doing a lot of negotiation and labor dispute and, and, and conflict resolution stuff. So I ended up working with couples and kind of got out of the corporate world for about 10 years or so and recently have been getting back into it a lot more. But it's interesting to see the shift that's going on in corporate America. There's a shift. There's something amiss. There's something going on out there. And uh, I think our guest today is going to be able to enlighten us on what's happening. She is, her name is Dr. Uh, Nancy O'Reilly. And she's, she's written a book before that they're actually putting together and relaunching this book. But one of the things about um, her book, the, the new book, I think name is called Soft is the New Hard and Other Lessons from Empowered Women. And what uh, Nancy O'Reilly is going to teach us, I think, is um, what this is really all about. What's going on? Something is going on with women. And it's been going on for years. And maybe some of you are feeling it like, holy cow, this workplace is sure changing. The environment, we're getting all soft. And, um, but there's something really powerful going on. So I wanted to just bring on Nancy O'Reilly and, uh, and welcome her to the show. Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. Glad to be here. Thanks. Uh, yeah, there's what, what's going, going on? on. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> and I mean, it, it seems like it's, this hasn't been slow, but it hasn't been fast. It's. Well, What's you know, going on? Well, I guess, I guess we could start with Sheryl Sandberg, Sandberg's, uh, the Facebook, uh, you know, top CEO, I mean, top uh, organizer, top woman at Facebook. Is, the book is called Lean In. It's really talking about women really leaning in now and really taking, taking you know, all who they are and really, get, you know, yeah. having the confidence and really taking top leadership jobs. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what's going on. And, and uh, for me, it's been the last four or five years really talking to women all over this country about, you know, their, what, what's important to them. And, uh, of course, my new book, which is, again, Soft is a New Hard and Other Lessons from Empowered Women, you know, I've, I've found like-minded women. These are women who really, really care. They're taking their time. They're taking their talents and their treasures and they're really wanting to make a difference in this world. Mm. And this particular book, and, and again, I hope it gives a, gives a good example of what's going on out there, are myself and 19 other women who are basically, you know, out there taking their expertise and really wanting women to join and connect. This, yeah. is, a, this is a time that we truly, truly have to connect. You know, we, we could talk about... You know, who, who's, who's, who's doing this and who's doing that. But I think what is most important, what we're finding with these, uh, myself and these 20 women, is that we understand until we support one another, until we connect with one another, and we really take these ta- the time and these, these treasures and all these talents and really draw them together, that we're, gonna, we're not going to be successful. Right. And I think this is what we're finding more and more is that, it's, you know, women are taking charge of and understanding that we really do have a sisterhood. We have a, 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 
a really people that are very passionate there about taking their leadership skills and making a difference. Hmm. Uh, women, we're good. We're yeah. good about seeing the big picture. Well, and I you think know, we're I, detailed. I, we're we're great communicators, and and we and we really can't get the job done. And I think you've hit on the head. And we talked about um, this this concept called imposter syndrome. Have you heard of that? Where we a lot of times once we make it or we get into certain situations, we we end up feeling like we're imposters. Like we're a bunch of fakes, and, it, and everybody kind of goes through that once you kind of yeah. made it to a level yeah. or not. But it sounds like because two things you're saying is uh, women have to have the confidence to to, to yeah. truly recognize how seriously amazing you are and some of your great skills that you bring to the table. But then we all you also talk about kind of the network, and we need to support each other. Um, in in the process is is that what you've uh, is that why you put together Women Connect for Good Foundation is that what that's about? Yeah, yeah th- this foundation is really based on basically two principles or two populations. It's women who already have attained a, a status as far, as far as I'm concerned of being smart and amazing. My radio show is called Conversations with Smart Amazing Women. So <laughs> these are women who have really hit the top. Of their uh, of their the market as far as health relationships business you know teaching people about entre- being entrepreneurs staying fit and vital but they but they're at the top of their game but now what they want to do because they've hit that mark is that there are women that are behind them there are women that are looking for someone to help them to do the same thing mm. so Women Connect for Good is about finding women who are taking, again, that time, that talent, their passion, and treasures and helping other women to do the same thing. And, and this is how it's going to work. You know, every woman who's been successful, you can, you're, she, she is standing on the shoulders of another woman. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think this is what we have to begin to understand. You know, I was very blessed uh, to be... Uh, to live and to be surrounded with very competent, very capable, capable women that had great leadership skills. My mother, my grandmothers, uh, you know, were top in their fields, but they also were great communicators. And, you know, and I was blessed that uh, basically they said, hey, Nancy, you can do what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can accomplish what you want to do. And they were there to support me when I was out there doing things when other, maybe other women did not. Right. You know, I remember, I remember when I was working on my doctorate, they said, well, what about your family? I said, what about my family? Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is, is that we really have to support one another. And again, it's that standing on the other shoulder of other women. And that's what Women Connect for Good is. It's really finding women who are already out there doing great things and they're wanting to help other women do the same thing. Well, and so in a, in a weird way, it's, it's not like, uh, this is new, but it is. I mean, these women have been out there. I was raised in a home where my parents divorced, and my mom, uh, she was it, and my three sisters. Yeah. I was raised. I was raised with four women, and these examples, these role models, these empowered women have been out there. You're just now sure. trying to get it. Let's let's just unite and organize and understand and hear the stories of each other and get stronger, and then more strongly, everyone can offer their their gift, their yeah. goodness. 
Well, Gloria Felt is one of our uh, one of our authors, uh, one of the contributors, and she's just started an organization called Take the Lead. Cheryl Sandberg was the keynote, but but basically, we need women in more leadership leadership positions. Yeah, you know, we're one of the few countries in the world who have had a woman in a top leadership position. You know, if you look at other countries like Ireland and England and other countries, they've, they've had women in top you know right. top leadership positions. We have not. You know, we we almost did in the last election have Hillary, I mean, at least a a woman, again, representation, but we've never gotten that far. So we're really challenging women now to really take their, take take the baton and say, wait a minute, it's time for us to have those leadership roles, top leadership roles. We we are the decision makers. We buy 85% of products and services in, in the United States. Why? Why aren't we at, in a position that we're really taking all those, you know, decisions and all those things that we're real? We could we could really do so much in the marketplace, but we could also do so much in in the the world of of, of religion, business, uh, you know, health. I mean, there's just so many different things that it's 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 the time for us to take those leadership roles and. And support one support one another in those roles as well. It seems like you, what you'd end up see, like seeing is uh, when women see other people, other women that are able to have that confidence and believe in themselves. Um, I guess it normalizes the idea. I mean, right now it still might be that that kind of imposter thing where, oh, yeah. I don't know that I can do it, but. I, I think I guess what I'm hearing you say is the more you're out there and showing good leadership and effective results, and uh, it's just going to grow. It's going to swell. Yeah, well, it's, it's the familiarity of anything. But, yeah, you know, a man, a man will. I mean, if a, jo- if a job comes up in a corporation, here's an example, and, and I've done research and I've looked at research on this. You know, he may not have even the education or the skills, but you know, by golly, he's going to go in and apply for it. Women. <laughs> yeah, they won't apply. We, we have to. We have to have the training. We have to have the experience. And so they might. You know, a woman might say, "Well, you know, I just don't know that I can. I can. Uh, I have the skills, or I have enough education for that." And I think that's the difference of what we. You know, for me, it's it's really most jobs that you take, most positions that you take, you have to learn as you go. Right. You have to really, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like anything else. You have to, you kind of jump in, you swim, and you see where the, where the, where the tide's going or what the, you know, what's, what's, what's the condition of the water. But, but men are really good at that. They just jump in and go, okay, I'm swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing okay. Women jump in and go, well, I don't, I've got to get this done. I've got to <laughs> a life preserver or whatever. Yeah. But I think that's the difference that's happening is women are saying, hey, you you know what? I'm just as smart. I have just as many skills, and you know what? I can I can learn this job. I can I can take this job, and and Cheryl Sandberg will tell this over and over. Women just have to have the confidence in themselves. Yeah, that they can do the job. I mean, and it, that's that's, a, that's huge. That that's huge. in fact that is a huge order, isn't it? Because um, it's one thing to empower somebody. It's you know we have an African American president. I mean. Anything historically that was not an option, and anything yeah. can happen. Uh, but then there's so then there's the task, isn't there, of just getting people to believe it? And I, I, I yeah. guess historically in the movement, you'd always think that it was men that were against the women. Um, yeah. But now it's no. in a weird way. What I'm hearing a lot more is women have to believe; they have to believe yeah. in themselves. Well, for a long time in corporate America, we we we, we believed that we had to act more like men. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, wear the suit, 
I mean, I remember yeah. wearing a suit and a bow tie. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I've tried to, you Play know, the I, part. I, I was told act more like a man. But what we're now saying is act more like who you truly are. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, your authentic self. And that feminine part of you is is so very, very vital and important and really is what, you know, really makes you who you are. So we're really saying be who you really are. Well, and it changes the team, right? I mean, those the soft is going to play really well. In this stage, I mean, we're in the we're in the information age, right? We're in the social yeah. age, and the soft skills are right now. They are the cutting edge. They are the huge Absolutely. advantage. It's powerful. Absolutely, it's it because right now, I think what we want, I think what people want in general, we want connection. Mm-hmm. We we want to be able to connect with people, and we want to develop relationships. You know, you look at some of the, comp- the companies right now that are truly successful. You know, uh, Target, for example, they have uh, an excellent program for their employees, but they also have a foundation. And they're developing relations. They hire within. You know, they promote from within. Right. Stock options. We are looking at corporations that are being successful based on relationships. Yeah. Because you want people to come in, become a part of your, your family, your, and develop a part and be a part of that culture. And I think that's where women, we have that. We are successful at that. You know, we've been rocking the, the hand that rocks the cradle. We've been doing it for yeah. centuries. We can go into a corporation or any system and do the same thing that we've always done, which is to take that care that you know, and our authentic self, and that feminine, feminine mystique of our of, that's been always so fascinating yeah. about women, and really, truly make an impact in any in any arena. I love and it. I think this is what twenty-something women were saying. You know, and every single one of their stories is talking about. By the way, they didn't come from. But many of them struggled. I mean, they talk about their struggles, but then they also talk about their triumphs as far as being successful in their areas of expertise, whether it be business, health, oh, yeah. or whatever area. But they've been successful, and, it's, and oftentimes there's someone that's helped them along the way. Oh, yeah. and now they're returning that in, in, in the favor. They're returning the favor. And, and I think, it's, I think in, in the end it's going to be better for all of us uh, to be – we're sure. going to finally be, I think, well-rounded and, and maybe more complete, more whole. We're talking with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly uh, she's established the Woman Connect for Good Foundation. Uh, she also has received a Missourian Award in 2010 for her community service. She's a, a researcher, a clinical psychologist, a speaker, philanthropist, author, and she's uh, she's doing it all. We're going to be back with her again. The author of the book "Soft Is the New Hard" and other lessons from empowered women. We're talking about the soft skills now in business and life. The the wonderful. Uh, the wonderful things we're learning as uh, women find their voice and become more authentic. This is the Mad Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, the author of the book Soft is the New Hard and Other Lessons from Empowered Women. She's been researching the lives of women and uh, has also established Women Connect for Good Foundation. Um, She's also the author of a book called Timeless Women Speak, Feeling Youthful at Any Age. 
and has done vast amounts of research about women and how they're um, bringing their voice out. And uh, once they're empowered, how they're starting to share their authentic self with you know, companies, corporations, and it's changing. And I've seen it just as a consultant. It's changing us. And it's uh, it's changing the way we work. It's changing what we expect. It's changing the classes we take in our cl- in our workshops or in our uh, organizations. A lot more communication offerings out there, a lot more, you know, conflict resolution offerings. Um, than probably ever before right now. And so appreciate Dr. Nancy O'Reilly being on the phone with us. Thanks again for joining us. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's some really neat things going on there, and uh, there's there's good signs, but uh, you know what? There's a lot to do. Yeah. And there's there's one population, <laughs> there's one age group that we still need to be working with, and this is younger younger girls and women. Yeah, what, what are, what's going women. on there? <laughs> I think a lot of women basically think we've got it made, and, and then young girls, of course. You know, I, we, I was talking earlier about the fact that uh, 85% of products and services are, are right. purchased by women, and decisions are made by women as far as what they purchase and the services that they purchase. But again, there's something that, that we have to be very, very aware of. That, you know, the Dalai Lama says we all need to wake up, and we do need to wake up because what we hear and what we see, we don't, we don't necessarily should we necessarily believe. Hmm. So I'm talking about the media. And the media, of course, you know, I, we just got, we just were, just finished up with the Oscars. Yeah. And uh, I was talking with another, uh, on my radio show two days ago to, to Sherry Williams, and she is part of the Maybelline family. Hmm. And the Maybelline family was one of the first families to really sell cosmetics, makeup to women. So she and I asked her very, you know, because of this, and, and she, her family had worked with many, many starlets like Jean Harlow and, and Joan Crawford, but a lot of women, a lot of stars were always in her life, and being beautiful and being thin and being young was very, very important to to her family, and it was something that they really, really talked about a lot. Wow. But I asked her, I said, "What's going on?" I said, "You know, Sherry, tell me, are things better?" You know, because women. You know, we've been pushed and pulled and prodded to look and be a certain way. And I think this, again, is one of the detriments. But, you know, be young, be beautiful. And the, and uh, so she said, well, you know, Nancy, you just saw the, the Academy Awards. Well, I didn't because I was actually reading her book. The, the <laughs> you were too busy reading, so, right. I was busy reading, so, so probably maybe it was a good thing. She says, but they're thinner and thinner. Yeah. She says, you know, I, had, I grew up with an eating disorder. She said, I grew up taking dexatrin to, to, you know, get mm-hmm. these in. So, so the media is something we have to still be very, very careful of. And so the women that are out there, we're, we're saying, okay, young women, you know, don't believe everything you see. Don't believe everything you hear. Right. And start really looking for that. You know, we've got to start helping them to be authentic as soon as possible. Sure. Because... These young, there are young girls that are, are depressed right now because what they see in magazines, what they see on TVs, what they hear basically says, I'll never be able to match up. I'll, and when I compare myself, I'll never match. I'll never be who those people are. That's true. I remember huh? when I got my first Barbie doll, I thought, man, I'm never going to look like this doll. <laughs> yeah. you know, I am never, ever going to look like this doll. You're never going to walk you know, on your toes. <laughs> never going to walk on my toes, and I'm sure not going to have a waist like that. I ever. know, but but so I guess the other thing is is the media that we have to be very very careful and very conscientious and understand 
that young girls and young women are out there trying desperately to match up with what they see oh, sure. and what they hear. Well, and it's interesting. So think, you, you just tied yeah. it together there. 85% of purchases are made by women. And then, yeah. it, like even the Maybelline company or any company, their goal is is then to sell to women, and so right. It, right. it's it's an interesting little uh, paradox, isn't it? Because we 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 always look at women like, you know, the the weaker sex, but in reality, financially, you're pretty dominant, you're pretty strong, you're making some serious decisions with eighty five percent of the income or, or the money, and yet, uh, Kate Blanchett, you probably missed this on the Academy Awards in her acceptance speech, made a pretty big deal about the fact that women uh, can carry a show. Women can carry a a movie, and women will go watch women in strong roles. So keep writing strong roles, and we've just proven you can make money and be successful with kind of more female-oriented opportunities, picks. Powerful. She sounds like she's a member of the Women in Media, which is a new organization that's really, really pushing very, very hard to get more and more women in media to really make those kinds of decisions and really, uh, again, decide what what kind of roles women are going to play, which are not being dominated, but yet being, you know, in leadership positions, which more young women need to see more and more of. Well, in a weird way, I wonder, it's not to interrupt you, but I wonder as we, and um, we'll have to take a break soon, but um, there's some of this seems so cultural where... Like you were saying earlier, we we can know there's a movement. We can know now very openly that women are profoundly strong and capable, able to do anything. And yet um, there's a lag in the culture, lag in the even in the way we market to people, even in the messages we send to women. So it's almost like you're you're, you know, years ahead culturally of. So that's probably why you want to get to the influencers, right? These these leaders and the media, so we can change that culture and and the view of what a woman is. Yeah, I mean, we we have to impact because perception is everything. Yeah, beliefs and attitudes. You know, we 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 what we grow up believing, what we believe. You know, what we're told that we should believe, what we should. Again, the you know, going back, we have to wake up. Yeah. and not believe everything that we see and we hear. But if you're vulnerable. And, and you're constantly inundated with it, especially. Well, this is young boys. This is young girls. I mean, we're talking about men, women, and right. everyone. Because, again, women have to be, you know, beautiful, young, and thin. Well, men have to be strong and yeah. performed. And you know? capable, I mean, we, yeah, exactly. We, yeah, so so we, we all have have an opportunity to really step back and, again, going back to that authentic self and, and really start to really start nurturing those qualities and again those connections and those relationships i think which we're all striving for because again we spend so much more time on computers so much more time on smartphones that really i think people want to connect at a deep level of of truly feeling like they're not isolated that they're not out there doing that on their own and i think if corporations and we can develop better systems more systems that really start reconnecting it as a level at that level i mean we're going to see a profound change in the way that people truly see themselves i agree i totally agree we're talking with dr nancy o'reilly clinical psychologist speaker philanthropist and uh, one of the founders of women connect for good foundation She's also a radio talk show host. She does it all. You can, you can learn more about her at women's, uh, women's, womenspeak.com, womenspeak.com. We're going to take a break, come back. Nancy, while, while we're at the break, be thinking. 
how are men supposed to take all this? Because it seems like a lot of men are going to get really nervous about this, and yet it seems also like we should be embracing it. This is the time to create a more balanced human. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. More with Nancy, Dr. Nancy O'Reilly. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. We're doing what we can on this program to help you find the good life. And today we're talking about empowerment, especially today empowering women and uh, what they can bring to life, what they can bring to the equation. As a guy raised by uh, four incredible women, I I think very quickly learned that uh, there are no limits to what the, what women can do, and in an interesting turn of events, as just as as I look at my own career, I'm seeing because um, you know I I grew up teaching skills like communication and conflict resolution, which were always seen as the soft skills in the corporate world. But amazingly, what I'm seeing also is there's a huge demand right now for such skills, and um, I think that has a direct correlation to the fact that more and more women are entering the workforce and are bringing some incredible communication skills as well. And that is opening up the game. We always think it's like, yeah, but they're still in the jobs. And there's this. there seems to be a competition that goes on uh, between men and women in this. And it might be the movements that have been behind all of this. But in the end, it seems like we're all better uh, having all of the skills, all of the talents, in the game and in the show. And our guest today, Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, is uh, is walking us through that. She's a clinical psychologist and a speaker, a philanthropist, an author. She's the author of a, of a, a book uh, called uh, Soft is the New Hard and Other Lessons from Empowered Women. She's also the author of Timeless Women Speak, Feeling Youthful at Any Age. Um, she's just done a ton of work. You can find more about her at, at a website, womenspeak.com. So, Nancy, Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, thank you again for uh, being a part of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, competition is healthy. There's nothing totally. wrong with good competition as long as the uh, as long as the, the game is fair. Yeah, There's right. No doubt about it. But comp- competition is healthy. It's it's what makes the world a, a better place. We we get better products that way and better services. So I'm all I'm good. I'm all about good, healthy competition. Uh, and Matt, I can say probably you're doing such an excellent job because you did have, <clears throat> you did have all these smart, amazing women helping to raise you. So oh. congratulations! You know what, though, Nancy, phone. they also exhausted me. <laughs> they used to they'd sit on top of me. Tell me if you ever did this to your family. They'd sit on top of me, hold me down, just when I was young, and then they'd brush their long 1970s hair across my face with their high waisted pants and oh. <laughs> And you know what? Oh, here I—I I, I got to tell you this, Nancy, because nobody believes me. But I, uh, at a very young age, was the only boy I knew in my neighborhood, like at the age of eight, that could sing Helen Reddy's song "I'm Woman, Hear Me Roar," <laughs> and all the verses, because my yeah, my I, mom I think, would hit I that think, eight track. You know, I—you'll I, be you—you—you you know, look at you, look look at you today. <laughs> you're 
Everybody's so proud of you. I think well, it's fantastic. I don't know. You ought to call my mom. She's a little embarrassed. I, I, I would love to talk to your mom. I know you, your mom and I would get along famously. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, when, when women work together, and you, you'd you asked me earlier that men might be, be a little Well, yeah, I think they're out there like, well. But I, I don't, yeah. I, you know what, I don't think there's any reason for any, I think if anything, it's the opposite. Right. Because, you know, when women work together and they support one another, it empowers us all. Yep. You know, and I think that's what we have to look in terms of, you know, if we look at anyone in a group, you know, if there's someone suffering, it, it affects us all. And, and I think if we can start to create media and we can start cre- creating corporations that are, that are really based on pe- people being authentic and really using their talents and their abilities to come together to, uh, you know, I think what's happening in corporations also is that people are beginning to understand that they really are producing something to help everyone. Right, exactly. You know, and until people really can get behind whatever service or product they're serve, they're, they're producing and, and feel good about it and feel, and feel, you know, feel like they're really being a part of something, the greater good, then, then we're all going to suffer. Right. So, so if media and we can all get together on, you know, this authentic self and this connection that we're all striving for, it'll take the pressure off everyone. Oh, I agree. You know, when, when I talk about media, you know, men get this. I, I talked about it earlier. Men get the same pressure as women do. Yeah. You have to perform. You have to be strong. You have to be ready. Right. Twenty four hours a day. Yeah. You know, and. And that's not that's not that's not fair for you. It's not fair for young boys when they're coming up going, "Gee, I have to do this, this, and this." <laughs> I have to have abs. And, yeah. And and they have to. And you have the same same uh, you know comparisons and magazines and things that women look at. So so I think what we're all looking for is is some common denominator that we can all sit back and say, you know, we have these God given talents. And and we have and we're all unique and there's certain things that I'm better at doing than you're better at doing and I have to you know and if I come together and we begin to understand all those skills yeah uh, really when we bring them together the what the phenomena is my joke has always been you know you can put five women in a room and they can they can you know plan the whole event <laughs> have it paid for and you know we're, what we're getting better at is learning not to to, to accept the word no. Right. You know? And and I think that's what we all have to do is just really come together and say, you know, this uh, this just take the pressure off and and really connect at such a deep level that we're starving for because I, I I see it happening more and more oh, and, yeah. and I know when we find each other when <laughs> when we find one another it's it's so thrilling it's like I call them soul sisters. I've gotten to the point when I when I do emails or even I sign off with some of these when I go, Amen, sister. Yeah. You know, because the thing is is that it's such a joy when we and I and I know you feel the same way when you when you connect with someone. Yeah. And and like we're connecting even right now. I mean yeah. I, I, I feel that also is that it's a joy. It, it, and that's it's it's not something to be afraid of. We it seems like we no. tend to dichotomize everything, don't we? In our in in the battles, we dichotomize men or women, you know, older or younger generations, educated. Not, but in reality, what you just brought out, there's a there's a connection and a feeling of unity and synergy and peace that uh, it seems like this world needs. And so, letting everybody in is the key. And and then and then getting some skills right to be able to actually create the synergy. Well, we're hearing the term social consciousness. We're hearing the terms 
uh, you know, that, that of connection more and more because because I think this is really where we're at. Responsibility is a huge word yeah. that we're starting to hear more and more. If we could all learn to be responsible for ourselves and responsible for others that need our assistance, this would be this. We wouldn't have any of these issues. So, uh, you know, call me a dreamer, but mm. call me whatever. But I believe that there is a movement, and there's things that are changing, and and I feel good about that. But yeah. but I think we we all are still looking for something something much deeper and much much greater than ourselves. And and maybe maybe a little bit of it is getting out of ourselves and really thinking about others at such a such a different level of of really impacting and making a difference and really changing for good. Yeah, I love that. Really, that this, just connecting. And I, I don't know, even know how to say that more. But, well, but again, I've been lucky. I've been very lucky. I've been very blessed to, to again, connect with uh, 19 other women for this book. And, and soft is the new hard because these women really are talking about qualities. These were God-given qualities that they were given as far as their, yeah. their femininity. And, and that there's many, many ways to approach, you know, situations and, and take your talents in business and health and relationships and really make a difference and make an impact. So, Well, the rising um, tide raises all ships, right? So um, it's probably time that we let the tide in, right? And, and, and I guess everybody kind of needs to play a role in that. Dads need to yeah. take a bigger role. Keep the dreams alive. Make sure that we're, we're – I love the, how you keep using the word authentic voice. I mean, a yeah. lot of times – and that's how, kind of how we started the show. We, A lot of us just – we don't use our authentic voice in public. We use our fake voice, the voice we think everyone wants to hear instead of being real. And we need some real voices out there. Well, it's, it's again, fear is, a, fear is a, the culprit, especially for women. You know, fear is – Typically, what what stops us from really being who we truly are, and and stops us from doing things that we really maybe we're always meant to be, meant to do as well. So yeah. that's a big one for women. I'm sure it is for men, but for women, is getting past our fears. One of the things that we one of the things that we say about being even more so being empowered. Do something that really you're afraid of. I, I did something yesterday that I I not necessarily was afraid of, but I did my first skydiving, Ooh. and you know. <laughs> Why? The point is, is that when we lean in, yeah. like Cheryl Sandberg says, yeah. then, you know, we also have that confidence. Well, you leaned out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I jumped out. You but, jumped but out. The point is, That's crazy. <laughs> I jumped no, it's not crazy. Sometimes oh. we have to just we have to just kind of do those yeah. things. I'm not I'm not suggesting anybody else do Are that. Are you going to do it again? I, uh, yes, I am. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> my, of course. Why my not? son asked, Why "Hey not? dad, let's go skydiving." <laughs> and I thought, ah, I told him, uh, well, I've got a family go. to watch out for and your mom you wouldn't, go. but I was scared to death. I won't do yeah. it. But, but anyway, women, get when we get past our fears, all of us, then we can truly start to decide, I mean, again, who we truly yeah. are and what we're truly capable of doing. So love so, it uh, again, that's, uh, that's another key. But uh, again, yes, authentic is good. Uh, and, and of course, Hearing your voice and, and speaking out, it's so very, very important. Is that, is that as we just kind of wrap it up, we have about a minute, what, what would you say is the one thing? So anybody out there listening, male, female, child, young, old, what, what, is, what should we do? What, what's the goal? What's the purpose? What's the one thing that you think would make the biggest difference to getting women more empowered, getting the benefits, and men more empowered even, and get the benefits of synergy going between all of us. 
Well, well, again, you know, I think it's it starts at a, at a very early age. But again, uh, if we can truly teach children at a, at a very deep core level of who they are, and they can identify early on what their talents are and what their abilities are, and then really have a great supporter to help them with that as well. As I said, fear really does, you know, and in fact, they've, they've, they've even done so much research with well, it, well, anyone. Yeah. What really, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Oh, I know. What Imagine you how you change the world. If, you, if there was no fear. Yeah. And, and I think that's, but fear is typically how we conquer fear is to have someone who's there, who's, you have a great supporter, you have a great cheerleader. You know, get together a group of people that really you care about. You know, and again, I think that's it. We all need cheerleaders. You're a coach. Yeah. But again, fear and having a, and, and getting past fears, but also having a great system of coaches and people in your life that are supporters that really can get behind you if there's something you truly want to do. Uh, you can do it in your dream, and, and you can do mm-hmm. it. But, again, it, it, it starts at that level of just as early as possible, surround yourself with people who really get who you are and That's really it. support you and help you to get past Yeah, it. and then ride the wave. Ride the wave. Ride the you wave know, in, might- or jump out of an airplane and ride the air currents. <laughs> and, and you just might be surprised what's on the other side. I bet. Something different. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I love so. it. Well done, Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and good luck with your, uh, not good luck, much success with your movement. Um, keep it up. I like that. Thank you. I, I like that. I, it is a movement, and, and amen, brother. Amen. There you go. Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, go check out the website. You can get more information about her at womenspeak.com, plus just a list of other wonderful speakers, and and check out her new book, Um about soft is the new hard and other lessons from empowered women. Such a, you know, we're all benefiting. When one of us is hurting, we're all hurting. When when one of us is getting empowered and growing, we all can grow and be empowered. Good stuff, folks. Let's uh, let's take it to heart and let's let's go empower. Take the fear away of our, from our children. Give them every tool they can to succeed. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Sitting here with Michael Pond, the Michael Pond. Uh, from Family Pond. What? That's your family. Family Pond? Oh, got it. And uh, Michael has been putting together some some solutions. Because earlier we talked about imposter syndrome. It's this tendency that a lot of us have where we find out about, you know, we finally make it big. We finally have something happen. And all of the sudden, not even big, but we start to feel like we're a fake. We're just a fake, and no. If everybody knew what a fake, because I'm not as great as I, ever, you know, everyone thinks I am, and blah blah blah. And then that imposter in us creates the fear and starts to, you know, I think it ends up holding us down like an anchor. So Mike's been yeah. trying to figure this out, figure out how to help us solve it. I think I think one of the keys to overcoming that because it, it holds a lot of people back. Oh, yeah, and there's a lot of famous imposters. Oh yeah. Uh, the the catch me if you can guy, you know Millie Vanilli. Yeah, and uh, you know a few weeks ago there was a famous 
world-renowned Japanese composer who uh, I'm, who was stealing. Was he, it, was he? He wasn't stealing. He had a ghostwriter write for him. He there wasn't writing the music, yeah. and he was also deaf. And it turned out he he's actually not deaf. And I heard he couldn't play a lick of music. No, not at all. So and he's he a just, fan. He was paying somebody else to write this music for him, and the, yeah. the guy finally got fed up with it and said, no, it's no, me. it's me. I want the credit now. So those are real imposters, but you know, in, in our everyday life, it's, it's not uncommon to feel like uh, maybe we don't belong, when we really should. We should belong. Look yeah. I mean, we're, we're amazing people, and fantastic I, people. But I think what it is is we're seeking perfection. Right. And none of us are perfect, so we all feel like an imposter. I think it's really Facebook, to tell you the truth. Because on Facebook, you can be anything you want to be. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, on the internet in general. Yeah. You know, nobody really... How do you fix this, though, Mike? That's the question. You know, I think it needs to start from within. You know, it yeah. needs to start with yourself. I think the really the key to success in life, or at least getting over this uh, imposter syndrome, is self-esteem. You got to have some c- belief in yourself. Yeah. Not, you can't have belief just in your abs. No. I don't know why I keep bringing that up. Or your headphones. Or your, your body, your, even your job. Yeah, it your material wealth. You're, or you're, the, you're a valuable person. How you dress, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- your car, stuff like yeah. that. And it has to you know, be a, kind of this not untangible kind of self-worth that you have to pull from. So if you can get that, because maybe, maybe the imposter syndrome is really just a metric, a measurement of that. Do you, do you think that that kind of stems from not a, a lack of understanding of ourselves and others? Probably. yeah. You know. Maya Angelou has this. She, one of the greatest poets around, but she says in a quote, I've written, ten, I've written 11 books, and every time I release a book, I have this fear that I'm going to be found out to be a fake. So one of the greatest poets ever in the United States still feels like a fake. So, I mean, I, at some point, maybe, it's, maybe some of this is just being a human being. The, maybe there's this edge of the being a natural man a human that always says, not good enough. Always remember that. Always keep fighting because you never know. I know, but it, you know, that's good to a point. But yeah. when we cross that yeah, line, yeah. you know, and go into this imposter syndrome, I mean, it's healthy to think, oh, you know, I, I have weaknesses and I, I uh, you know, this is my best effort and I'm only, I can only go so far. But when you start bringing yourself down, that's that's when it's a negative thing, that's right. and, and that's what we have to um, look it, it look at ourselves and see: is this a negative thing in my life? Yeah, you know, is my self confidence bringing me down, or lack of thereof, rather? That's that, that's it. How do you? So we just part of it's, I guess. How do you evaluate yourself except doing it through yourself? And uh, there's the rub. It's it's hard. Of all the judgments. That we pass, I think that none is more important than what w- the judgment that we pass on ourselves. Right? You know who who do you feel like you are? And and I think when we we kind of doubt ourselves and we lack that understanding, uh, that's that's where the imposter system. Yeah, I like that. So so what do we do? How do we how do we overcome that? I think that that self esteem is kind of it's a two part thing. It's a you know personal comp- uh, competence. And uh, a feeling of personal worth. Those, yeah. those two aspects. I like that. So you got to have some 
skill sets, some right. competency merged with just this inherent idea that you're valuable. That you're valuable even without your competency, right? So even if you if you had a stroke and were in a hospital, your worth isn't impacted. Now, it's interesting because we live in a market economy. Right. Your market worth is impacted. So that's probably what we're getting is this echo of what's valuable in the market versus what's valuable like in the eyes of God or in a human being. Our worth is inherent. You're incredible. I mean, have, I'd love anyone to go out there and, you know— in a petri dish, design a human being. Don't use any existing parts, any existing anything, and design a human being. It's not going to happen. Can't happen. It's impressive, and yet we're like, I know, but I'm fat. My human's fat. I'm too short. I'm too short. He's tall. I eat too much ice cream. I think that's one of the major problems, or one of the major obstacles. Uh, for a good, healthy sense, uh, self-esteem is, is uh, it's we, we allow what others think of us to affect how we think about ourselves. You know, just like right. what you were talking yeah. about, and that's that's huge. We need to take that in in a healthy way. Yeah, and so really, all this we need to take a step back, take a few conscious, slow breaths, and you know, try to understand what we're feeling and how we feel about ourselves, and and maybe you know, why we feel negative and understand where it's coming from. Right. And maybe question, is it real? Yeah. Yeah. Is it real? Is, is this, this really yeah, it, something yeah, I should be worrying yeah. about? And is there enough data that I really, I mean, because I think a lot of times the data is skewed. We're not even looking at the real data, right? We're just, we're just assuming we're bad because we think the Joneses next door are happier and we don't know if they are. Unless uh-uh. you're looking in their windows. And you don't really know, even if you're looking in their windows. It's illegal, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's subjective. See, all of this is so subjective. But we feel convinced that, yeah, we're not. Subjectively, we're not as great as everyone else. It's it's, it's a horrible thing. And I think, you know, it's like torture. you said er- earlier, social media, Facebook, things like that. We need to understand what the things in our lives that are making us feel that way because i feel like everybody feels a little bit like that i I think i think everyone does and if they don't they should yeah yeah, if they don't then that might be another problem right so some people i call them overs and unders some are like overly confident without the data and some are like way underly confident without the data either way either whether it's an over or an under you're you're in the wrong game because you're wrong half the time yeah yeah but you can't you feel confident most of the time um, we have to continue this discussion because I know you've done incredible research. And you've got your hat on backwards, so we know you're serious. Um, I want to do this again because I, I want to keep the dialogue open about self-esteem and self-worth. It's a great topic. It and really I, is. I think uh, everyone can learn a little bit from it. Mike Pond, you did it again. And by the way, who better to teach us about self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence than the guy that has 220 dates? Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Well done, Mike. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, Janine Otley is going to be joining us. She's going, to, she's going to work us over. She always works us on, you know, etiquette, stuff like that. But today, we're going to make sure we're not subscribing to the world standard. We're going to, we're going to start creating our own standard. Janine Otley will be joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we have got uh, we've got royalty in the room. <laughs> Janine Otley is here, and uh, Janine is the etiquette blogger extraordinaire. She uh, has her website, thepinkteapot.net. And today she's bringing her entourage. Half of my entourage. Half yeah. of her entourage. A driver. Yeah. Your driver's here. What's your driver's name? It's Caden. Yeah. Caden. I'm my own driver. Caden's your driver. How great is that? He's awesome. a bodyguard as well. Yes, absolutely. Now that he's way taller than I am. And he has a sucker in his mouth, which means you know he's intimidating. <laughs> and uh, so Caden's here and Maddie's here. Maddie was here last time. We, yep. you know, we could embarrass her, but we know she doesn't want to be embarrassed, so we won't. <laughs> embarrass either of them now why do you bring the whole group just because you don't want you, you know the on you need an entourage i do it makes somebody feel to more drive important. you and somebody to do your hair and makeup yeah like you know mike was talking about you know finding that validation and that and that power from within yeah this gives me power no seriously these I mean, are your kids these are my children and i'm and i'm a, i'm a full-time mom yep and that is my biggest and best job and so your so full-time momdom job yep would be more important than your radio show job, really. So you're saying, I'm going to be a mom and a radio guy. Gal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That, because everything you, else comes second. You push back. You push back every time. Like, no, I need to be with my kids more. You yeah. You do, which I think is powerful. Yeah, and if I'm not home when they get home, yeah. they're they're always like, where are you calling me? You know, I mean, do it's a like, rarity. Do they get into mischief? No. No, they're really good kids, but they, they worry if I'm not there because I'm always there. So. Really? Yeah. Um, you know what I used to do? Because mm. well, my mom had to work because she was our provider. Mm-hmm. So she was working and we played games. And I'm going to just teach the kids a few of them because you'll, <laughs> when mom leaves, you're going to want to do this. Should I, should I worry, Matt? No, this, okay. is, this is just great okay. home games. One game that we would play is called um, Baloney on the Ceiling. Oh my Do you guys gosh. know what baloney is? How it comes in they, they don't even know what baloney is. Well, okay, look it up. YouTube it. No, don't YouTube it. Just go look it up on Google. And you'll see baloney is a sandwich meat that's made up of about 40 animals. It's a, it's a mystery meat. Animal parts. Yep. Wonderful, though. But it, it comes in a little disc about, <laughs> I don't know, about the size of a CD. Yeah, maybe like four and a half inches yeah. in diameter. But who's measuring? Right. And so what we would do as kids, you'd try this, you guys. Seriously, mommy loved it. When my mom was gone, we'd take these little meat discs. They're like ham, but not. And you'd throw them up on the ceiling. And because they're greasy and sticky, they stick on the ceiling. And then you have to, you have to get underneath the meat disc stuck to the ceiling. And you just you lay down. And you wait and you to wait. see how long. Yeah, and then you get those nice grease spots on my flat well, paint. Well, that's the amazing thing. Awesome. As a kid... I never saw a grease spot. No. Only the mom. When we were moving my mom out of her home, <laughs> there were all these like perfect discs of just perfect grease and dust. So we played that. I highly recommend it. Ask mom to buy bologna. And the other game we loved, well, we, we did two games, but they're the same game. One's called a cup of cheese. Oh, my goodness, man. And the other was called a cup of marshmallows. <laughs> and we'd take our microwave, which back then used to sound like a nuclear reactor. Yeah. And you fill it up with grated cheese. Oh, my goodness. And you didn't have to grate it because the microwave would have nuked it. And you just turn it on high and you melt the cheese. And you, you got to let it cool, by the way. I learned that. And then you just chug the cheese. Look at Caden. Like, he is Kaden, totally into this. You get, uh, write, write these down. He's like, I, it's, it's, it's now ingrained in his memory. Mm-hmm. He's, cheese chug. 
Oh, my gosh. And marshmallows are great, except uh, Mom got mad about that one because we ruined a cup because you can't get marshmallow that out sounds like the easily. cookie in the cup that we that mm-hmm. we burn sometimes occasionally, huh? Well, anyway, not we. So just much. a few uh, parenting tips brought to you by the Matt Townsend Show. Oh, thank you. Hey, Janine, do you have anything better than that to offer? I, I don't think I can offer better than bologna rings. I you mean, ought to try it. You know what I will say, though, is that those little bologna rings and handprints and, you know, sticky... Uh-huh. Little things that though, you miss those when all I of do. a sudden your kids grow up and yeah. But and, you know what? It kind of comes back uh, <laughs> when you're about forty five, <laughs> and your and your heart, your arteries are hardening, <laughs> and you're like, I think it had something to do with all the cheese I chugged and the bologna and the bologna. Yeah, actually, that caused acne. So oh. just remember that, Caden, because it's very very greasy. And if you catch it on your face, you get double points. Yeah. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah, my kids don't even know what bologna is. Why? Why don't they know what bologna is? Okay. Katie my kids does. have never, have you ever had it at my house? At my house? Not at my house. Okay. See, Not in our home. I think if you loved your children, <laughs> you would let them have bologna. Have bologna discs. Have, have mystery meat. It's a great game. Yeah. Have it at the next birthday party, guys. I think that's probably the only thing I would give them bologna for is throwing it on the ceiling. Well, then they have to eat it. That's so You gross. don't get the points if you don't that eat it. That is so gross. You don't know where the ceiling's been. Well, <laughs> I know where ours has been. <laughs> Ours never left. Ours has always been right where it was when yeah. we put it there. Hey, so um, here you are, etiquette blogger extraordinaire, mother of four, mm-hmm. owner of the pinkteapot.net. Yeah. Which is a fascinating site. I, somebody asked me, Matt, what's one of your favorite sites to look at? And I said yours. You are. I really did. Really? Because we're, we're building a new website. And I said, go look at the pinkteapot.net. Oh, well, thank you. And they're like, you mean .com? And I'm like, no, .net. I wish. I know. You know huge. what? The, the mystery owner of the pinkteapot.com yeah. renews her thing every year, <sighs> will not return my emails or phone calls, no. and, and doesn't actually have the website. So yeah. when you go to the pinkteapot.com, it doesn't even load. I don't know what she's doing. She's, give it up. You know, she needs to give it up and let me have it. She's chugging cheese. So if she's listening. the uh, So Phyllis Ingeny, because here you sit, a mom, you're an empowered woman. You have a voice that's authentic. You're out there sharing your gift of a better life and, a, and more etiquette, which scares me. <laughs> um, but wh- what do you think is the key? What's the key to truly like empowering our kids, making sure our kids really don't fall into the traps of the world. I like what Mike said um, as I was on my way here and listening. Yeah, Michael Pond um, from the Pond family. Um, He gets so much flack. You give him such a hard time. No. I kind of feel bad for him sometimes. It feels like a hard time. But he loves it. I'm, I'm trying to make him into a man. Yeah. So Not that he's already a man. I'm just trying to make him into more of a man. Not that he needs more. Yeah. I'm just here to help. Just, yeah, whatever mm-hmm. you can do. Uh, I think that I, I like the idea that it comes from within yourself. I, I don't think that you can, that self-esteem can't, and that empowerment cannot come from any outside identifying markers, such right. as your profession. No. How many kids you have. No. How much you weigh. Uh, how cute you look in five-inch heels. I'm, or, yeah, skinny what jeans. Kind, yeah. Or, yeah. Or um, what kind of car you drive, how big your house is, whatever. It cannot come from any outside but see, definers. We try. See, that's where we try. That's the counterfeit, isn't it? It is. And the minute you've done that, you think you're ahead. Right. But you still feel like an imposter because deep, 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 deep down, you know 
you still don't know who you are. Right. And I think it's also working out of love and not working out of fear always. Yeah. You know, making sure that we're always coming from a place of love or and faith yeah. and not fear. And fear that's the antithesis of love and, and faith. But you see that as a mom. I mean, you're terrified. Like when I tell your children to go chug cheese. Yeah, it scares me. Which, well, by the way, was the predecessor, just so you know, I'm just putting taking my claim to cheese and a cheese whiz. Oh, my goodness. But mine was real cheese. Uh, with a pound of, with about an inch of grease when you really heat it up, um, but when all that's said and done, you're afraid. So you you got you were scared because I'm teaching them you know some fun tricks with baloney. It's a knee jerk reaction. You need not be fear. You need just love. <laughs> I need to just love. That's right. You yeah. know. I think the more that you focus in on your family, and it's not about not letting others in, but and not even limiting. I don't look at it that way at all. I I love. I love everyone. I don't have anyone that I hate. There's look, no one that I hate. you love James? I love James. I love everybody. I love James. I, I really do. I, I mean, I don't have, I mean. You don't have an enemy. No, I don't. Well, and some people may think I'm an enemy, but I don't know. That's, but you but that's their that. problem. That's right. That's I mean, not your problem. I mean, it can't be mine. And if we're not, if they're not willing to work it out, that has to be their issue. It can't be mine. What's their name? <laughs> Because yeah, let's get into so that right happening. now. That would be super. That would be really fun, actually. Yeah. But no, I'm not doing that. But this fear, this fear, love thing is a big deal because uh, I hear that about every day, right? And I hear it a lot on the show simply because we are so afraid. Yet yeah. we we're the richest we've ever been, right? Mm-hmm. We're the we're we've got everything you can imagine. But we're more educated. But we're that's more, what's hilarious is that those are those are false identifiers yeah. of you know we're of, not happy, right? And so and that true joy really comes from. In my opinion, you know, in my in my particular circumstance, it comes from having a relationship with God, a relationship with my husband, and a relationship with my children, and making sure that my focus is operating only, which I'm not perfect at by any means, but no. trying to operate only out of love. And even if I'm, even if someone's being punished, which never happens, right, guys? No, Caden just, Caden just got the chills when you said that. He yeah. started shaking. He's like, I'm not even listening. I'm texting. Um, when, even when I'm punishing that I make sure that they understand that I love them. And actually it'd be a lot easier to be their buddy than to be their parents sometimes. Ooh, yeah. And, yeah. But I'm not an advocate of that for my own family. You, so. um, it's cause it, let's now do this parallel for me because you're, you sit here every day trying to teach people also Etiquette, but mm-hmm. I don't know that you just see it as etiquette. It seems like you see it more as, you know, respecting others, treating people respect. I mean, it's, it's to you, it's an extension of love, not a fear, is it? Like, because right. I've seen, I've had people try to teach me etiquette out of fear, right? And so, okay, like, you'll never get the girl, right? So you and and I've actually answered that question before in different when I you know go and teach different groups and go speak. There is a difference between trying to be better than someone by trying to teach them something that, that they must be ignorant about. Yeah. You know so much yeah. about and using manners or etiquette, you know, which is just a more formal um, set of rules yeah. and especially in different cultures and things like that. But manners are here to make everyone feel more comfortable around you, not to make them feel it's, inferior. It creates safety, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So it's, it's so, cause you know, you could scare people and make them not want to come <laughs> back and make them, not bring their children just because I brought up cheese chugging. Right. But maybe some some people who do teach that way, you know, aren't okay enough with themselves to yeah. say, you know, I want you to feel welcome. I want to embrace you instead of I need to be up here and you need to be different. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't we see that every day where people put other people down in order to feel better about themselves? Oh, yeah. Or women are very self-deprecating sometimes and they 
you know, compare the, their worst self to everyone else's best. Yeah. And you're never going to win at that. You, you can't. That's a game you can't win. No. It's interesting on your website. If you if, go to the pinkteapot.net, everybody. Go there, not while you're driving, but when you get home. <laughs> but you posted something on about chivalry. Yeah. And uh, chauvinistic or chivalrous. Yeah. And we've had a discussion similar to this because I've had people that – because we just had a, a, a wonderful uh, talk with our earlier guest, Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, mm-hmm. about – um, women and empowerment of women. Right. Now, and I can I can almost hear a bunch of men like ah blah blah blah. Uh-huh. Women are already taking over. Men already look bad, and so we get into these weird arguments. And then I've had men open the door. I've even done it for women that were like uh, I can open my own door. Right. So uh, go away. Right. Yeah. I think that it's really interesting because I think men can be in this day and age portrayed as chauvinistic mm-hmm. if they try to do something like yeah. that. Me personally, this this is an empowerment thing for right. me, and I I do consider myself I and I probably will make enemies for saying this statement. I consider myself a true feminist, which does not mean that I hate men. Yeah, that I think they're well, a true feminist shouldn't hate men. I because... don't think so, but I believe that that embraces everything that is yeah. feminine about me, and right. that 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 embraces femininity. Yeah, and so for me personally, I'm not trying to tell everybody else what to do because I don't, and I certainly don't know it all. But well, you're a human, and maybe being a human precedes your genders. Even maybe we're so caught up in our genders that maybe we ought to just be really good at being human, human, or even higher. Just being spiritual beings. Absolutely. Well, and letting our spirits lead. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that if we did that more instead of thinking so being so much in our head, being so cerebral, you know, or getting caught up in in just junk from mm-hmm. our own past or, you know, our just any kind of thoughts that we may have that are incorrect. I think that we tell ourselves lies like, I can do that. This man is doing this for me because he's opening the door because he thinks I'm weak. Right. Yeah. And that I can't do this by myself. Well, sure I can. Yeah. But how lovely is it that someone respects me enough or respects another person yeah, enough. And it doesn't have to be a man right. or, I mean, just for a woman, this is men helping other men out. This is women helping other women. This is about us helping each other mm-hmm. and creating a community where we, where we interact with each other to help everyone feel more comfortable, make their lives a little bit easier. Yeah. And so I love that article that was written by that blogger. It's on, so go to your site and yeah. it's right there. Yeah, you I can... linked to it. And he just talks about these acts of chivalry that he feels are kind of dead yeah. and says that, you know, he's in trying to implement them. He's even been called a chauvinist, like, like I had said. And I just, that's sad no. that we're at that place. It's, and I don't yeah. think it's true that I, I refuse to accept that as a truth. It's no. not, it's not my truth. Right. So, well, and, and I think it's, it's us playing to our fear again. Right. So we're afraid that if somebody is chivalrous, then we have to make it a competition. I kind of mentioned that earlier, but it's it's not it's we're so one of my favorite quotes is Teilhard de Chardin said um we are not human beings having a spiritual experience we're right. spiritual beings having a, having a human experience mm-hmm. and i have a hard time believing that if we were all just kind of if all the bodies were removed and we were just a bunch of spirits who apparently lived with god forever is my belief yep um i have a hard time any of us would worry about our abs right I agree. Or our weight. And you're like, well, you wouldn't have abs because you'd be a spirit. Thank you, James. Um, But James didn't say that, but I could tell he was thinking it. Um, You were, James. But in the end, we're so caught up and then we get in the fear. And then we get in. So everything's this obsession with all things natural. Right. And we're leading with maybe emotions, you know, like I said, that are are, are incorrect thoughts, you know, that that we've 
come to make beliefs in our in our head. And if we, like I said, leave with our spirit, right? We have our heart, our mind, our mm-hmm. body, and our spirit. And if our spirit leads, we will we open be? ourselves up. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, we'd be w- hot. It'd be awesome. I mean, like we'd be sitting here. We'd be translated. You'd take your kids home on the way home. You would not have an aversion to baloney. <laughs> You would pick your kids up a bologna sandwich and some cheese to chug. And some marshmallows. And some marshies for dessert. And you'd have yourself a great feast. Yeah. But instead, what you're going to do, you're going to go to Whole Foods (laughs) and you're going to buy something healthy. And you're going to just talk them up in fear. And it's then they're going to be like, I'm so afraid. What if I don't eat a whole it's food? It's even worse than that. Like we grow our own food and have oh our own chickens. Oh my gosh. It's, Do it's, you really? Yeah. And your own chickens? Yeah. For eggs. We don't eat. They're not, they're laying, you know, chicken hens. They're not, they're not eating. Uh, it's awesome. You eat chicken eggs raw from the chicken? You eat, you eat chicken eggs raw from horrible farms. Nah, mine comes from the store. Right. Yeah. Where, Where did it come from before that? Don't ask That's questions. That's what I love. I love. Oh, I, I, so, we, so, yeah. I mean, if my husband, who I lovingly call Farmer Fred, could have it his way. He's we a would, farmer. Totally. We would only have, we'd have a back, uh, like the South 40 and yeah. we would live You're a farm mom. Own. You're a marm. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really a city girl. I mean, I I'm from LA. So. Not I totally anymore. am. I am you a city think, girl. See, you're trying to position yourself. As an L.A. girl with etiquette skills and blah, 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 <laughs> manners. But in reality, you're a farm girl. With manners. Do you, who wipes her nose on her sleeve. Oh, my god. When goodness. you're out in the field. Now, you just made a whole bunch of people upset. Because just because you live on a farm does not mean you wipe your hands on your, or your nose on your sleeve, right? Well, you do when you're in the field. Oh, yeah, you probably do. I mean, you do. Yeah. I, I think my husband I've, has a handkerchief. Oh, does he? Because yeah. you, you're his wife's Ms. Etiquette. <laughs> Okay, we're taking a break. We're talking with Janine Otley. She's here with the crew, Maddie and Caden. Her uh, posse are with her. We're going to come back, and we're going to play a game. Not a game. It's just we're going to hear about the 10 weirdest jobs. Let's do it. And I need to see if it compares to your job. Okay. Because your job seems really foreign to me. It is. It's weird. Because you know you have a lot of rules. That it is, I, yeah, it is weird to a lot of people. Janine Otley from Thanks. the website thepinkteapot.net. A Guide to Etiquette. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That's the hoedown music. You know what that means. Hee-haw is on the way next. Uh, no, we're going to spend our last five minutes with Jess in the show. Jess, uh, you have been, you know, working your head off. Right. All over the world. All over the world collecting the 10 weirdest jobs yeah. on earth. Yeah. And Most is, of these are American. And though. none of them involve etiquette because we're joined with by Janine Otley. The founder and queen um, <laughs> etiquette guru from the pinkteapot.net, a guide to etiquette. Matt is hailing me in the other room. I like to. Yeah, he's bowing. I like to make up names for my guests. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to do the 10 weirdest jobs. Now you tell me if you've had any of these jobs. Jimmy. Okay, I doubt I have. Okay. Let's start with the easiest one. Okay. A snake milker. Ooh. Weird, right? Yeah. Snake venom is really powerful stuff, and so they milk snakes to get the venom out. I've had a friend that milked snakes, for real. But really? For good got, or for bad? Like, so they use them for good? I wish I had anti-venom. Oh, yeah. wow. It's, it's pretty neat. It's that's a good job. Funny. By the way, very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You could get hurt. Yeah. That's, that was you might need to have anti-venom. Here's another one that you could get um, hurt by a water slide tester. 
Isn't oh, that okay? It sounds fun, but yeah. you're testing something yeah. out that Once could the kill test you. goes wrong, yeah. so you're a roller coaster <laughs> yeah. tester. You're like cheese grated. Forget it. You're so scared. Yeah. Marshmallow. Oh, that sounds like a bad job. Yeah, that one's not fun. This one's a little less. But if you scary. test it when it's dry, you, oh. would, you wouldn't go as fast. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I would just, I, again, I, this also, is me thinking, right. I would, I'd test it you're with, a doctor, a dry, with a dry so. slide. Um, this one's less exciting. An IMAX screen cleaner. Someone's got to do it. Really? Yeah. So wait, wow. that's weird. Someone you don't actually think about cleaning that. the screens of IMAX. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You know how Apple dirty Apple those get. You don't know where an IMAX screen has been. So there's a profession to do that. Oh yeah. And we're cool. talking about the theater IMAX. Oh, the huge IMAX, theater. Yeah. She's oh. not you're, Apple you're products. Thinking of Mac I'm thinking of it. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. No, I, IMAX. <laughs> no, because you know. I think I'm they come clean. I don't know. Yeah. I okay, feel like it. Apple would do you, that. You clean your own. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. A face feeler. So this oh. is for like shaving companies or like skin oh, products. Someone, one. someone just comes and fills everybody's face. You'd have That's to have soft hands for that. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't you have to ask for permission? I think that it's like, like with Merit's hair yeah. the other day. Yeah. You know, you just can't touch people's no. faces without their people, permission. Yeah. People get weird when you start touching their face and or you their don't bodies. Know. Wouldn't that be great if you had somebody who just had like the sweaty hands and all that Ew. kind of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my hands are sweaty. I gotta touch your face. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. Thanks for bringing that in, Jane. Um, <laughs> what else? Okay, so there's a cup keeper. The Stanley Cup for oh, U.S. Yeah. Canada's no, national important. hockey needs to be watched at uh-huh. all times. So someone has a job to do that. I, and I, if I. I I think I've heard that that's a female. Oh. That's really pretty. Oh. Wow. I Wait, know. really? I think I've seen that on David Letterman. That's <laughs> uh, a cupkeeper, uh, not to be confused with cup of cheese. Yes, or marshmallows. <laughs> or marshmallows. <laughs> right. Keep going. This is fun. Yeah, this is fun. I, I, you know what? It makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> as long as mine's not on there, as long as my job's not on right. there, I'm good. Like, I'm rocking it. Yeah. It's funny. Okay, uh, two more. Um, a gamologist. Mm. I like how it's like ologist, yeah, like it's a like science. It matters. Yeah. But this person um, finds the perfect piece of chewy for the gum. Ew. So it's an important job. Like because you you want the right chewiness. chewiness. And and like the flavor. They or do chewicity, that too. I think it's called. Yeah, and the and the lasting of the flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an flavor, important job. Flavor, elasticity, and chewy dumb. Yes. Right. Last one, a pet food taster. Oh, come on. So oh a person does that. Yeah, that was my son for a while. <laughs> I, I That would be my second choice. Yeah, would you do that one? Yeah. So if you had to choose one of those jobs. Yeah, because I love my dog so much, I would want to make sure that the food she's Aww. eating is good. Take one for the wow. team. I feel like real food. She gets real food. That's funny. pathetic. Yeah, yeah I you can see that on your, your face. You won't give your kids bologna, but you'll taste dog food. I know. <sighs> <laughs> Would you give your dog bologna? Maybe. Oh, man. Bologna's great. <laughs> There's a challenge to everyone out there. Go have some bologna. <laughs> a message brought to you by the Bologna Councils of America. Uh, that's it, folks. Thanks for joining us. Janine, you rocked it. Well, thanks. You are the pink teapot. Uh, thank you. Dot net. Oh. I mean, you aren't. That's yeah. just your site. Right. You rocked it. Thanks again to everybody. Empowered women, empowered people, right? Let's change the world one empowered person at a time. Lose the fear, find the love, and let's start taking care of our kids. Make sure they know who they are. And, hey, give them a chug of cheese. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow. More more tools, more solutions right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.